Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 81st edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my fellow Hans Zimmer appreciator, Jaden. Hello. And PTA's number one fanboy, a.k.a. JC, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hey. Do you think one day I should string all the AKAs together to form every nickname and it would just go for like a minute and a half? Was that not all of them? <laughs> oh, I guess, I oh, guess you no. got a few more oh, no. that you use once or twice. Yeah, sure. Do you want to confirm if you want me to do it right now? Do you want me to do it right now? No. No, that's okay. You've already done your thing, so. Okay, okay. I already did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Well, I can move on to the next part now, can't I? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. And this week, that movie is Uncut Gems. Congratulations, of course, to Jaden for winning the poll on this one. Shout out. And uh, this movie opened in the US on the 13th of December, 2019. It's directed by Benny and Josh Safdie. It is a crime thriller. And the synopsis says... With his debts mounting and angry collectors closing in, a fast-talking New York City jeweler risks, risks everything in hope of staying afloat and alive. I want to go to Jaden first, who had not seen the film, and get his take on Uncut Gems. <laughs> um, I was really disappointed. Um, it wasn't the movie I was expecting, but just... Just because it wasn't that fact doesn't, you know, really inexperienced. But like when it opened up with that mine in Africa, I was like, "What the fuck's happening?" I thought we we're getting a super contained, like um, I thought it was gonna be like super contained Adam Sandler focused, just fast talking, witty thing. Um, but it wasn't. It has it has scale and it has massive scale, and like that just wasn't what I was expecting. Um, you know, it's a it's a movie that really relies on the tension that it builds and it's scene to scene things. Um, and I just wasn't there for any of it. I didn't find any of it engaging at all um i don't give a shit about basketball i don't give a shit about the diamond industry i don't care about all these characters that they introduce and their personalities and stuff um you know all these kind of interferences they have with each other they just came off as more annoying rather than anything else um i think there's very few moments that kind of save it from being awful but i do think it's Maybe not bad. It's just not for me. This is a case similar to The Joker where it's a well-made movie, but I just cannot vibe with it entirely. Sure, sure. I get you. Fitzy, what about what about you? No, that's great. Um... Nah. <laughs> I said nah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're doing. You're wrong. Um, um, just as it, it's obviously very tense and has like a like amazing build and everything, but just like the score and the vibes are really like kind of weird and different. And um, there's just like Adam Sandler, like in every movie Adam Sandler plays, he's like this lovable um, guy, no matter what he does. And in this, he's kind of like, he's that, but he's also, you know, he's funny and he's um, just very entertaining to watch and, I don't know. There's so much I love about the movie, so I don't really know how to boil it down to one thing. But yeah, the direction, the score—it's all very, you know, it's chaotic and intense. And but it's also like I'm into, like I root for the characters as well because I think they're, I think like, uh, Harold at least is you know, he's a lovable kind of 
you know, lovable idiot in a way, kind of. And yeah. What about you, Zach? Wait, who is Harold? <laughs> to say Harold, I mean. Yeah, I know, I know. I just I we had to pick on. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, I know you know it's Howard. I know it's fine. It's okay. Mm. Um, I'm really sorry actually because I just ruined your. Tra- you did a really good job transitioning to me, you know. But I feel like Jaden and I got the connection there. We had to something had to be done, you know. Um, I really really like this movie. It wasn't the same on a rewatch, you know. Knowing where it all goes, it's that first time I watched it. And I alluded to this last week, but it felt it was like a roller coaster, you know. It was it was like an experience. It was just an experience sort of film for me. And seeing it this time, I viewed it differently. I focused more on the technical aspects, which is which are all very strong. So it was cool to focus on those as well. Um, I, I just find it utterly engrossing still, though. Like the performances and the camera work and everything draws my attention in. Um, the Safdie brothers undoubtedly have a have a style of filmmaking and their stylings are all over this. So, you know, in the best in the best way possible. Um, because I've been a bit hit or miss on some of their stuff, but this is like this is peak what I think of what I want from them. And yeah, man, it all just it all totally comes together and works for me, you know? So it's a great movie. I I was not expecting Jaden to come in like this. So um, I will now be from the call, and uh, and me and Fitzy will be doing this review. How do I kick it? Oh yeah, I can wait. Can I kick you? Can you kick me? I don't know. Let's find out. Hmm. I can just voluntarily leave if you want. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Um, I wanted to start at the start actually, and that's bizarre. Really weird, right? And we—I don't think we ever do that. Uh, We're much more statistically likely to start at the end. I, I completely forgot about the Ethiopia beginning, actually. Um, and I, I was interested by your reaction to it, Jane, because I had a similar reaction. Not an, I didn't view it in a negative way, but I was sort of like, wow, this is, this, is in, this is an interesting choice to start your movie. And I don't know really why it's there, to be totally honest. Um, it does introduce that scale... That you're talking about, Jan, but we never, it never, we never go back to it. You know, it's not something that I feel connects with the rest of the story. So I just wanted to go more in depth on your thoughts on it, and if because you sort, maybe you sort of alluded to the fact that it did introduce scale to the story. If you felt it connected elsewhere, I don't know. I'm just a bit. I'm. A, it's the one aspect of the movie where I feel like it seems a bit disjointed to me, and I don't really understand it. I I, I don't know how to really explain much further than what I've already, you know, it's just, it, it, it wasn't where I was expecting it to start. And um, I think had they, had it not been there, it would have been fine. But I guess we wouldn't have got the distellar colonoscopy, colonoscopy transition. Um, of course, of course. But like, I don't know, because it's just like you said, it never comes around again. Um, it feels oddly specific in the way that it kind of focuses on this one accident. And I don't know, it's just, it's just interesting, you know. Uh, it, it's it's interesting and odd, but I you know it doesn't completely suit. Yeah, no, it, I, I totally agree. I I just I wanted to go into it and see if you have any thoughts too, Fitzy, just because I the only thing I can think of is that you know the, the characters in New York talk about it sometimes. They go like, oh, you know, oh, black Jews did all this shit, you know, like, and they sort of allude to. I can only think about it being 
sort of the director's attempt to lay the groundwork of everything you're about to see is heightened drama, money, high stakes, um, first world problems, if you will, right? And we're trying to lay that in this reality of look where look where this gem came from and the, and the poverty that people live in. You know, I don't know. That's sort of the only comparison I can make, but I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it feels like it feels like it's sort of the Exorcist or like one of the Indiana Jones movies where they like discover oh, yeah. something that's yeah. hidden and it's like it's like really hidden and like beautiful and dangerous kind of thing. And like that's the way that the gem is like introduced, you know. And then in this story, that's like what it is, you know. It's actually that, that it's funny. that's like the exact same reaction I had when I was watching The Exorcist because when I first put it on and I started, and it started with like um like in the Middle East or wherever it is. Um, I was so confused. I was like, "What the?" F-? I was like, "Have I put on the right movie?" Um, and this is kind of like the same yeah. thing. Of like, where I was like, "Did I click on the right movie?" I was like, "Well, yeah." So I think it's like this. Like, I think the idea is like it's this ancient awakening, you know. Mm. And like when you see the gem, it's like this, like you know, magical. The magical like score kicks in, and you go into that like transition, you know, which which is awesome. By the way, I love the what they did with that, like the effects or whatever. But um. Like, I, I love the beginning for that just it's so like it's like this, this birth of the of the you know the object of the movie I guess that's interesting yeah and we sort of uh, bloody uh what's his face Kevin Garnett buys into its magical powers so I mean as soon as as soon as we start getting all galaxy with it all I'm like holy shit maybe maybe he's on or something you know but that that transition into the colonoscopy don't know if I needed that in my life to be honest with you, you know? do you reckon that's like, a real colonoscopy on Adam Sandler that's a great – I think not, you know. I but it wouldn't not. surprise you if it was. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at with it, you know. That was that was something. I don't know. <laughs> I completely forgot the movie did that. And when the movie comes back to I, – I agree. I really – it's bizarre, but I, I find it truly bizarre. But I, I really like how it comes back to that that galaxy look inside the, the gem and how, like, at the end of the movie it comes back and uh, it goes for, like, a minute. And you're sort of just there sitting with it and the score and it's sort of this weird hypnotic experience as the film closes. And then it goes and then the credits hit and it's like a pop song and I'm like, what is this? Which um, is just all very strange. But, yeah, man, it, it's all – it's all I, I like it a lot too. Um, but when I think about – I don't know, when I talk and think about this movie and feeling more like an experience to me, it's all about the things we've we've talked about. It's all about the anxiety the the it's very chaotic as Fitzy said very accurately and being on this this ride with Howard you know everyone talks over the top of each other constantly in this movie there's always so many people talking um and swearing and it, it's it's insane and the way the audio is like layered like that is very stressful um but that's obviously entirely intentional and I think it's I think it's really cool um it's authentic uh you know it feels that way the performers playing off each other constantly and the script it's it's all just it's all just so they've got all the ingredients you know to just stress you the f out watching this movie and if it felt anything more like if you take the same plot if you take the same story you know the jam adam sandler whatever but you sort of play it out execution wise like a more traditional film, you know, where there's this more traditional dialogue and you haven't got this heightened 
uh, tension with everyone yelling at each other all the time. I just don't think it would work. You know, it would be this weird, like, why is there this movie of this dude in New York City who just wants to sell this diamond? It'd be sort of weird, you know, to be honest. But I think the way it all comes together is is just really engaging to me, you know. But, Jan, did you say you found it – is this an aspect you found annoying or was that something else? Because I do understand. No, like, yeah, it's annoying and unengaging and just uninteresting to me. It just – like, like the only time I felt anxiety or the tension in the film is in, like, that last 20 minutes where, like, he's got that bending on the basketball and, like, I guess that goes against, like, everything the uh, Australians' anti-gambling campaigns have said, you know, don't love the odds, love the game. Um, but oh, in this yeah. in this context, the odds were the only thing that I actually enjoyed about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I, I just didn't feel for anything at all in this movie. Um, I don't know what it is. That's just how it was. Um, so, but, but what would you say in that sense, though, could you attempt to chalk it down to the the dialogue like the way the the, the what I'm, with the constant talking and overlapping and it's just annoying or you know what I mean or is it the characters themselves I'm just trying to um into this the overlapping dialogue is something I definitely find annoying it's something I've spoken about before and think on the show like where like you know I understand it's intentional but it's just not something I like you know it's just I I prefer a clean experience and yeah they came out to set this gritty you know this this realistic this stylized kind of thing just didn't gel with me um the yeah. characters i don't you know none of them are likable but that's not really like once again that's not really a genuine complaint because you know you don't have to have likable characters but it does help you know um but yeah i just couldn't support any of the characters either and like it's just um you didn't like howard's dickhead kids no because they're all just <laughs> twice like him and he's oh, yeah. basketball obsessed and- I oh, think yeah. uh, I think that's another thing. Like you know, had you changed the sport for this film, maybe I would have engaged with it more. I just can't stand that's basketball. That's funny. That's funny. Um, so yeah, I don't know. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, I I understand. And there are moments where, um, there are moments where like it sort of does get to me too. But in ways that at least it's totally that subjective element we're talking about. In ways that sort of enhance the experience for me, like the whole the whole falling out that Julia and Howard have over the weekend and like them like constantly yelling at each other about it. And it's, you know, I feel like there's that second act in the movie where they, they despise each other. Like they're heightened yelling at each other. Like that did start to, to sort of annoy me, you know, like I, I like all the back and forth with the business stuff and them like arguing about that. But then like that personal dynamics did start to sort of annoy me. I quite like that scene where she was just yelling at him as he got in the taxi. I thought that was quite funny. That was like one of the few no, scenes actually. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but the, yeah, but it just, I don't know, because it sort of went on a bit longer than that. And, you know, and then they're like sort of calling each other. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. But, but all of it, it annoyed me in the moment, but I do feel like it, it added to the film in this cerebral way, in all these ways that we're talking about. It did. Cerebral. Cerebral. Yeah. I like that's called, is that a good, that's a good word, right? That's got to be a top five word. I don't know. It, it just it, it totally adds to it. I the characters are all at the absolute worst, and uh, and they're all endearing. I think you know, um, in in my opinion, for I mean, I guess like Julia, yeah, sure, Howard. These are the fleshed out characters in the movie. I mean, Howard's wife is sort of just you know she's just there. I don't know. I I don't really 
I don't know how you can really be annoyed by her or either either. She's just sort of fine. Fitzy, I feel like there's a transition in here somewhere, bro, but you're ready to take it, I can tell. Well, I don't really have a transition, but I was going to say, I think the fact that it's Adam Sandler, like, goes a long way because he has a lot of, like, levity to these very tense scenes. And, like, that's a large part, like, what I got from the film this time, at least, was, like, all this tension is happening and then you look at Adam Sandler and his face is doing something kind of funny, you know, because he's Adam Sandler. He's a a funny guy, you know. And I think the film, the film is very funny, like at a lot of times. So Um, just like his reactions, like when he's like telling him to like not lean on the glass and then, you know, he breaks the glass and he's like, I told him not to break on the glass. I was like, don't, don't lean on the glass. You know, like, I don't know. It's, it's humorous. Um, No, it totally is. I agree. Like, if it was someone else, it could be, like, annoying, but um, because then it's just the tension, I guess. But he just, uh, it seems like a character from, like, a different comedy film. It's just, like, plucked in into this, you know, into these tense scenarios. It'd be the same sure. thing, I guess. It's, he'd have the same, like, reactions. So, yeah, yeah I think no. he's likable, at least. He's, yeah. My favorite little bit of the movie was him in his office after he just got punched up by Phil. And he's like breaking down, and like Julia comes in, like like that's I think like that's my favorite part of the movie. Like you know, what to say about the film that this kind of short thirty second throwaway bit is my favorite part. I don't know if that's a throwaway bit though. I I I, I like. That I mean, it's not throwaway, but you know, I I it's not. I don't think it's meant to be like, you know, in prime contention for but occupies your mind i guess i don't know i sort of view that that moment as the the switch to the third act and a a Mm. bit of a moment of calm and and reconciliation between the characters i feel like that's kind of an important scene you know fair fine i feel like i I, and in saying that i feel like i'm only trying to enhance your love for it you know i'm not trying to like yeah yeah (laughs) make an argument i can see that point fine Uh, i pivotal moment great job cool great job safety brothers you nailed it um, yeah, no, I totally agree about Adam Sandler. And I just think he fits, he nailed all the comedic elements of the character. But in terms of the more dramatic stuff that I'm not really used to seeing from him, he just really delivered for me. Um, he's just such, he brings, Howard is such a cat. He is such a character in every sense of the word. Like I just, I feel like I understand this man, you know, he's in a, he's a, he's an abrasive personality uh, he's very loud. He's an obsessive gambler, like all these traits. And I just feel like uh, Mr. Adam Sandler really brings those to life. And he does it so effectively where he sort of just grounds me in the reality of Howard's greed and me understanding that character, you know. Like Fitzy said, I think I, I, I think this is Adam Sandler's best performance. And I think, I mean, you know, I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen the seminal Jack and Jill, but... I don't know what I don't know what that's like, but I mean, he plays me, two yeah. characters. So I mean, like that's kind of mm. has to be better, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's why Eddie Murphy is the greatest actor of all time, too. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But I don't know. I, I really, I really like Adam Sandler a lot in the film. And did you guys know that Adam Sandler? I mean, oh, to be fair, it's like it's pretty extreme. But Adam Sandler wore false teeth and a fake dark mole on his right cheek for the role. Those false teeth. Oh, 
Okay. Those false teeth were something else. He had a set of chompers on him in, in, in this film, didn't he? You know, mm. huge, huge teeth. Which one of you guys mentioned the score earlier? I didn't. Because was me. good job. You, you yep. raise your hand, please, for tea. Raise your hand. Mm, no, it's a go. Oh, okay. Um, oh, how'd you like it? I really liked it. Oh yeah, it's great. It's like. Especially in like the end, like the euphoric moments are just, it's mm. that high. It's like, oh, it's great. Yeah. Euphoric's um, a great way to put it. I wrote down, I wrote down hypnotic vibes is what I said, but I like euphoric better. That's good. Mm, those piano, you know, those like electronic piano sounds are just. Oh, yeah. They're the oh, best. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't there like one moment where there's like vocals and there's like weird chanting and shit? I feel like there's a moment with that. I can't remember where it was. Is it like near the start? Or I don't know. I don't know either. Hmm. Stood out to me either way. Jaden, what about what about you? Did you at least like listening to the film? You hater. Yeah, no, I did. I think it. Um, I think it. I, th- I think. I think it elevated like the moments that were, especially because it's like that bit adverse. It's a bit sci-fi, quite a bit sci-fi. Um, you know, with those kind of transcending type vibes um at points um yeah no i i did enjoy the the, uh the school absolutely it's worth it's worth a huge shout out i think um jada mentioned his favorite scene in the movie in the in the movie is the is the one in the office that's a great one i've got a few contenders but i want to know liam what's your favorite scene in the movie if you can choose one or one i mean i think the ending is amazing i love the ending um I don't know, you see yours, I'll think. Maybe mine will be one of yours. I don't know. Okay. I think mine I think mine's actually the scene where not the first time, the second time that KG turns up to the store. Um because there's a few see I, I love all the scenes in, in Howard's store, like in the showroom area. And but that second one where where old mate Kevin's there and it's just complete the movie's madness, but it is it is probably the most mad the movie gets, maybe apart from the ending, where like they're all there. Howard's getting phone calls from his doctor, and he's and um and Julia's ringing him at that point too, and he's dealing with that. Kevin's there, the other dude, the, the other uh, I don't know. Oh God, Damani, Damani's there. You nailed it. Um, and the doors jamming. And people are arguing and there's like 50 things going on that are all being talked about like at once and it's complete insanity. There are long, really long shots like following Howard, like walking back and forth between his office and the showroom, really cool takes and and, and camera work happening there. Uh, I just thought, I thought all those were really, really good. And uh, just, again, putting you, so effectively putting me in the, in the, in Howard's shoes, feeling the debt he's in, the stress he's in. In these moments, I thought that was a standout scene. I don't know if that if that gave you an idea. If it's the only other one would be, I really like the the auction scene as well. Well, you were saying made me think of the scene where I think it's right after that, or like the same thing where like KG confronts him, and they have that. Uh, Howard, he has that like monologue. Mm. You know, this is how I win. This is like my you know version of what you do. Um, and then, and then he's like, 
you know what? Let's bet on this shit. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that moment was really great. Um, Dude, 100%. I mean, there were a few, wasn't that? But, um, I think, yeah, the scenes of the storm are like the most intense because it's so like, you know, claustrophobic and, um, yeah, everyone everyone wants his attention, I guess. Um, and like, it's a great setting for the ending, which is like, you know, that the baddies are just trapped in a box, you know, and they're watching. Yeah. Them. yeah. And that, that's so funny as well because they're just like, and they're all, the way they like sit cross legged sitting in there, yeah, like, <laughs> like kids, and there's like nothing they can yeah. do, and Hal is just like looking at them. Um. So like, yeah, the whole ending is my probably my favorite as well part of the film. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the result of that basketball game, like, I mean, there's no chance in hell I would have ever known it, but I feel sorry for anyone who did know the result of the game if they're like, yeah, NBA, you know, because that's real shit, you know. That was real, that, right? Yeah. 100%, 100%. So that would really take away from it, I think, hmm. if you knew, but. I mean, the Safety yeah. Brothers would have had to have known because, like, they, had to, they would have to write the role specifically for a player, so, like, they would have to have gone and, like, found a player that, like, matches their story. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what they did. I did I take this one? No, I didn't take this trivia. But um, they that's exactly what they did. They wanted you know bar, the big basketball fans wanted to integrate basketball, wanted a player, um, and they it sort of was a, an aligning of the stars moment where KG had because he plays himself in the movie had been wanting to get into acting. Um, they went back in the time period they wanted. They found a perfect three games in real life that were the exact scores they wanted, like a a win, a loss, and a win. Um, and it, yeah, it just it went that way. And I think the, all the games were like in the in Philly, Boston, like in the surrounding New York area as well, which is mm-hmm. also exactly what they needed for the story. So I think that's that was a great lucky coincidence for them. Yeah, KG's pretty good in the movie, right? As himself, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's he, it, that's he does it. a lot because he's like such a big man, you know, in like a cramped set. He does a lot to, to that claustrophobic feeling that Liam was talking about as well. Because like, you know, he is just massive and he's just kind of he's so he's just <laughs> he's a huge, huge man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's totally true. He, he's he's really good. I think he's particularly because I mean, most of the time, like he sort of just has to banter. You know, he's sort of like, especially in those showroom scenes, he's sort of just going, "Yeah, man, whatever." You know, like I'll, I'll take the diamond, like. I don't know how much like real or like authentic I sound pretentious saying that acting he's really having to do and let until you get to the scene that Fitzy talked about with him facing off with Adam Sandler um, in his office. That's a great scene. That's a, I totally agree. And the moment where Adam, like, dude, Howard literally has the money. The mobsters are literally in the other room. Just give it to them. And this is over. It's over, and he's and he's sitting there like, let's place a bet. Oh, no, don't please. It's the worst. The um, way he says it to is just hilarious. I you know. know. Let's bet on this shit. That's <laughs> great. He, he, oh god, I guess, and that's the thing that makes the ending sort of like it all works because I, I like the character, but it's just like, dude, like you didn't. He totally died for nothing. He totally like killed himself in every sense of the word outside of the literal you know what i mean obviously he was murdered but the thing is he didn't i mean like because like at the end of the day like arno was going to forgive him and he was he was happy with the result you know 
Yeah, because they are family yeah. officer. Like he was, he was okay with him getting a bit more money than he should have, and he was, he was okay with that. It's the it's kind of that kind of random bit of chaos that they inserted with Phil, and he kind of fucks everything over, you know. That yeah, that no, that's totally true. I, I actually I totally forgot that Arno because it's it's not really played up a lot, but Arno totally turns by the end. He's totally like, oh wow, good. He was like ready to walk out of that little cell he was in, like going, oh, good for you, bro. Um, but I, I do think he like. I do stand by that the amount of times Howard just keeps digging a hole for himself where it's like, yeah, actually maybe that initial statement was a bit extreme that he basically killed himself because you're right. But he keeps putting himself in these situations nonetheless, right? You know, so it's like. But he he won in the end though. He died on a high, you know. That's true. That's 100% true. I think think that kind of just goes like. I, I, I don't like how how much the like plot progresses just through like misunderstandings or um just like coincidences or you know things like that it's like oh he keeps the stone for an extra day that puts him in so much more trouble and then he does this and that it, it, it feels like a lot of the advances in the plot aren't actually directly driven by character actions and they are just you know coincidences and I, I don't I don't really like that and like you know it kind of goes with that bit of anxiety and chaos that we were talking about i guess um but yeah, yeah it, it's, it's not something i love in the thing in, in, as in someone film. who procrastinates their essays to the last minute <laughs> i disagree i think like everything in the movie can be traced back to howard doing something that he shouldn't like buy a due date or something or like you know gambling or you know having another loan or something or mm. all this stuff is from howard you know and these dates that are given to him, are, you know, that that's what happens. They're, they're like you, you have to like get something by a certain date, and that's just like an an inconvenience. But like, like you have to give something back, you know. So it's all driven by him, I guess. Nothing's coincidental. Yeah, I, I think coincidence is maybe the wrong word. I think I think inconvenience is probably more appropriate. Well, I, I don't. That's probably more what I was thinking. Where it's just constantly. Just a minor thing that kind of you know, this, this minor der- derivation from the plan kind of shifts everything, you know. Like KG keeping the stone, Damani yeah. betraying him, Julia getting with the weekend, you know. Like it's it's all things that kind of just, but she doesn't really get with it. She was trying to make a sale, and he doesn't understand that. It's all, it's, it's 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 all kind of that stuff that you know. No, I was just gonna say like KG is an element that is like, like kind of out of control because he doesn't out of his control or. And not his doing because he doesn't he doesn't want him to have the stone obviously because he has to give it to the uh the auction but like even when um even earlier in the movie like howard was fine he made a bet and he made bank off that bet but then it turns out that they cancelled it and they fucked him over so i mean like you know that's no. that's you know, that's another thing i was like it's, just, it's, just, it's kind of just sprung the audience that oh no he's actually not in the clear and then we're gonna stay stuck in this one part you know it's like, oh, okay, we're going to advance the story now from this kind of plot line and we're going to get to a, another major point. But it, it, it doesn't. It says, no, actually, we're going to keep you right here. Mm. I think I think those are – I understand. I think those are valid criticisms from a like a traditional film structure perspective. I just – I sort of – I'm just so engrossed in the sort of the humanity of it all where like everything – I agree with what you're saying, but everything feels – this feels like a very real event that could just unfold. Like yeah, I totally, I understand where everything falls into place. You know, 
Mm. Like that's the other thing. Like, like I do understand like your point of view as well, and I I, I, I agree. This is a well crafted movie. I understand the human element, but it's just uh, and it's just an element that I don't like in the way it's presented. I don't like 100%. how how it, how it is. Yeah, no, I I totally I totally get you. The um because yeah I I get that when Arno cancels the bet, um I really like that actually that's another thing I really like that scene when um he drags him into the car, um that's a shot really talk about claustrophobic I feel like I, you can sort of only see half of Arno's face from Howard's perspective it's really good but uh when it, yeah when you learn that he cancelled that big bet that he that Howard scored on it's it's one of those things where like I. I totally understand why Arno did that because it's like presumably he's already he's had these two goons uh, trailing Howard for the last few days. He's presumably already pushed himself to a breaking point that we don't even see. So it's sort of like, yeah, I I, I understand why he would cancel that bet. You know, even though it's it, yeah, it totally backfired on him. It backfired on everyone, but. I probably should have asked more appropriately earlier. But how how shocking. Did you find that that final moment where he gets shot in the head, Jaden? Oh, I was completely. I was like, I, I, I just did not expect it at all. I like, like in the slightest, you know, and like, because I was waiting for that moment of release at the end of the movie, and like we get it, but we just get it for the wrong character. And Andy went on to write a big rant about it, but like, I, I don't have that same feeling re- reflected. But like, you know, it does feel you do feel a bit cheated, but that's the point, you know. I get the you know the audience is meant to feel cheated in, in the in the result. Um, but no, I think that that yeah, the ending definitely saves the movie from being awful, in my opinion. But it still doesn't save it enough. Not that it, not not that it, I ever see it as awful. It's just as it it makes it vibe with me that tiny bit more to make it. You know, it's yeah, really yeah. awful in the awful in the. Experience type way, word. like engagement, I don't know, type thing, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I totally understand. So when – so was it – I mean, that moment when you get shot in the head, that completely blew me away the first time. I, and it actually made me thinking – start thinking that like moments where in film when characters – or moments in any visual storytelling when characters get shot in the head out of the blue, how when done right, how – that is such an impactful moment in any story. You know, I can think of probably four off the top of my head and other things where that happens, and it's always like, holy shit. Um, and this is one of those moments, you know. Uh, but, so I, I just love that the film did that. But so it was Phil, right, who shot him? Is that was that mm-hmm. his name, yeah, the guy? Was this just – was this a take Like, obviously, I understand he's pissed off with Howard, but, like, the end when he like robs the store and stuff, and he also kills Arno. Is this just like a hostile takeover of the of the mob at this point for him? Like, what's he? What's he? I doing? just think it's well, I, like the way I, I saw it was just him being pissed off and just not thinking because like I, I, he doesn't seem like the man with the plan. You know, he he just seems like in that That's moment true. he was just really frustrated and just needed to do something to reward himself. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's fair. I, I see that for sure. I don't know. Is he, then what, 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 where's he going to turn up? Is he just going to get arrested immediately? He just killed two people. I reckon he'll CCTV? Uh, I, I reckon yeah. he probably will, yeah. And then what? Julia just, Julia just gets all the money. Good for her. Yeah. I thought at the end that uh, – because I forgot that what happened to Julia. So that moment when the slob that's hanging out with Julia at the end or that, you know, he, she goes to his apartment 
um, you know, there's that moment right at the end where he's the one collecting all the cash. Mm. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was a great little subversive moment. I thought for sure, oh, he's killed Julia and he's taken the money. God damn it! And then he takes it right to her. I'm like, oh, thank oh. You. okay. Oh. Because because you don't see her after uh, until yeah. he opens the car door, and I'm like, oh, cool, cool. No, that's all right. <laughs> that would have been that would have been like another level of holy shit. That would have been dark. I mean, it, 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 yeah, yeah. He's one of the things, one of the little things, like that adds to the film in terms of the character. Like the, there are also those guys that are like those two twins or whatever that, um, you know, when they turn up the door and then Howard's like, oh, all these fucking guys. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. There's like weird characters like that, like weird, like oh, yeah. New York yeah. characters. But like those people, um, they, they're actual, uh, like they get people's autographs in real life. Like they, they're known for like pestering like celebrities all the time. Um, oh, so okay. the Safety Brothers thought he'd they'd be like perfect for this role as like just annoying people like on the side. <laughs> I think they're brothers or something. You know? Like they're really good friends. Um, but yeah, you have those and like like just weird details, like the week, like the weekend being in there as well. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't even think like. Anyone knew who the weekend was in two thousand and twelve? I thought he was a very much like later type thing. Well, they said in the film when they're like Julie Fox was like he's going to be famous even though he's Canadian. That's what. Oh, so he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. on the rise, I guess. That he's like playing in New York clubs. That's sort of the yeah, yeah. He isn't much yet. But that's that, that. That was that was pretty funny. Yeah, and then I yeah, I mean, I mean, the only other sort of compelling compart. I was actually about to like my brain, you know, and my brain went component and element and then just spat them both out. <laughs> the only other element we haven't really discussed is sort of the family dynamic. I mean, his kids suck. We mentioned that, you know, they're the worst. Dude, when, yeah, when his daughter's on the phone, she's just like, whatever, Dan. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I hate teenagers. But uh, anyway. <laughs> it's not supposed to be the point. It's just like, you know, he's like neglecting her or whatever. Like, isn't that? Yeah, no, probably. Yeah, I'll probably meant to feel more for him in that moment. But I'm just nah, like, she was just an ungrateful bitch. Yeah, she was very annoying. Oh, sorry, I meant to feel more for her in that moment. I mean, but I've, I, I'm on his side. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Were, um, were, were, were any of the kids his real kids this time, or did they actually get like proper actors? Wait, this time? What is that? Yeah, because in the past, like he's had his own kids as like his kids. But I think in the Grandmas really? movie, like the like oh. some of the kids were, or maybe some. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he has. Like, his daughter or something like that. It's like the young actors. I didn't see that anyway. I assume these are just actors. Yeah, man. Which of the like, kids' bedroom? You saw he had that. He had one of those beds oh, with like the car. Oh, that kid. I thought you were talking about the. Oh, they the both basketball have basketball kid. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the um. Those things that you have, like the um, these things, the bobbleheads or whatever. Like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had all those. I don't know if they were yeah, bobbleheads or, or I don't know, some sort of sports memorabilia. Yeah, whatever it was. He, oh, his, yeah. his bedroom looked like pop culture. Is the point? Um, and uh, yeah, man, these bedrooms. Those, but those that that was a standout. Um, wait, was it? Probably not. But the, the 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 other kid who had the bedroom with the race car bed that lit up, like. 
is that the worst bed like I've ever seen? Is that if I saw someone have that, I'd think, dude, you're kind of you're kind of a loser, you know? It's a it's a kid. I mean, but that's like fun. the old. I feel like that's the ultimate like rich person move to just buy their kid this race cupboard that lights up. You know, like what is that? Oh, okay. Just buy them a bed for God's sake, you know. Is this like your um, like the first part in your socialist, you know, manifesto? Don't buy, don't buy, <laughs> don't buy red cars that are beds for your kids. <laughs> you know, I've been no, this. Zach is saying to buy an actual car and then cut it in half and put a mattress in there and then put it in your kid's bedroom. Exactly. The um, but you know, his wife oh. is. That's the. I like that actress. I don't know her name. But Isn't she, she the um the voice of like Elsa or some shit? She's Elsa, right? She is, I mm. think. Yeah. 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 Anyway, she was good in the movie. That scene where they go to Adam Sandler's apartment and his kid finds out about Julia—that was a cool scene. But the whole like, I, why? But why are you knocking on a neighbor's door wanting to go to their bathroom? That's the worst, dude. Don't do that. Well, yeah, he's afraid that she might be there. But oh no, I understand it, but that's like beyond. That's beyond. Is that just like a, the worst for you? The worst. Yeah, you the can't worst go and. Uh, yeah, probably. And, and the thing is, like you know, I appreciate the man asked if he was doing ones or twos. The fact that you lied is terrible. Just the worst. Don't let someone in your house to go to the toilet. You know. Anyway, uh, what what else have I got for trivia? Uh, the film was inspired by the Safety brothers' father's time working as a salesman for a man also named Howard in the Manhattan Diamond District. Uh, the Safety brothers and their father are also Jewish and avid basketball fans. So there you go, Jaden. That's why they stick all the basketball in there just for you. And Daniel Day-Lewis praises Adam Sandler's performance in this film. That's all, that's all it said. That's all IMDb said. Just that. So, uh... You know, that's when you know certified, objectively good performance, you know. This, like, it's completely different, but, like, this movie kind of feels like an American Snatch in a very minor way in that you've got, like, all the elements of, like, the gambling, the diamond changing hands, all these different parties, these overlapping stories. Uh, not so much the stories, but, like, you know, you've got, like... Yeah. It, 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 it feels a bit like that to me. I get that, yeah. Yeah, I think the overlapping stories is the main difference. But yeah, mm, yeah. What's the, the, like, the difference between like the like the like the inconveniences in Snatch and like in this? I mean, I don't see them as inconveniences in Snatch, though. I think they're plot points. <laughs> I don't know. I just guess it's different. To, I don't know. It's just different ways I received them. What are the inconveniences in Snatch? I can't really recall off the top of my head. Well, I just mean like, uh, like all these different elements you don't know about, and they kind of like you know the diamonds here, the diamonds there, and you don't really like. It's probably worse than this film. Like you don't, you know, it's not a clean. You said you don't like like messy films, or like you like clean films, but like, no, but like it, that that but like what I, I I may have said that, but what I meant more was that. Like, I just don't like the way it's presented in this. And I think that's kind of... Because, like, I, I keep on saying, like, I don't think it's a bad film. I just don't... It just didn't vibe with me. You know, it's a well-made film that I didn't vibe with. And 
it being messy and it being overlap the, the way that kind of everything about it just worsens the experience you know had it been a film i i can enjoy and it had these elements then i can forgive it and i can enjoy it and i can get with it but because i don't enjoy it i don't engage with it yeah i don't like it right so you don't mind the inconveniences like in and of themselves it's just the way they're presented and the way yeah okay Oh, it's another film that we've done that ends on an absolute banger, Le Montagues, or however you say it. Get in the there. pop song. Yeah, the 90s, pop song. 90s dance tracks. All right, let's get to our final verdicts for uncut, un, un, uncut gems. Uncut gems. Jaden. Yeah, big four for me. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know. Everything I've just said throughout thing, you know, it just wasn't an, an enjoyable experience. You know, you described it as an experience, and it certainly is, but not one I liked. So, um, yeah. Oh, don't worry. I know. I know all about that. I, I was here for the I'm thinking of endings review. You know, I, I, <laughs> I was in. I was in the boat. Uh, what about you, uh, Fitzy? Um, eight out of ten. Pretty solid. Almost a nine, but yeah. I gave it a nine the first time. I give it an eight this time. I think it's a great movie. Is and that just because of rewatchability factor? Is that because? Yeah, actually- I think so. I think so. If I'm just rating my experience with it this time, it was it was a different viewing experience, like I mentioned at the top, um, having known the ending. And I think it was slightly less impactful as a result, but still, everything we talked about, I think it's a great movie, regardless of that, you know. Um, all right, let's get into news chat. There's a there's a lot of trailers. There's a lot of trailers. But did you wait? I, I don't know, Fitzy. Did you like sneak in a viewing of the Flash trailer before we started or not? Because I feel like I said it and then you went to look something up. No, are you talking about like CW or no, no, no like the, the Ezra DC Miller. one, like the WB one? Is, oh, I looked it up and I didn't find one. Oh, oh it's no, the- I didn't. Okay, okay, no worries. I mean, you know. Michael Keaton, that's sort of it, you know. Michael Keaton's in it. He's Batman. I'm Batman, you know. He's Batman. <laughs> we, 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 we've talked about this in news chat, but the trailer it goes all in on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's I'm really interested to see that, that the trailer builds that hype, and that's cool. Um, it made me certainly way more interested in a Flash movie. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know a lot about the Flash, but it's obviously doing dimension stuff. I think it's sort of based on Flashpoint and all that sort of shit I don't know about. But that interests me. It's hard not to be interested by Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, even though I don't love his Batman. Um, and then is, the fact... Yeah. In Flashpoint, isn't it um, the dad that... So is, is is that right? It's not Bruce Wayne Batman. It's um, Thomas Wayne, right? Is that the thing? Because like the story is that like Bruce dies in the alien state and then the mum becomes a Joker and the dad becomes Batman. Oh, I've got no idea. That is that Flashpoint? I think that's right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know if they're doing that then. They might. I don't know. But Michael Keaton is playing his – they go to 89 universe Batman, you know. Um, and and obviously Ben Affleck's in the movie too, which is really interesting. So I don't know how. It, it's going to be – I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think those elements alone make it more interesting than just a Flash movie to me anyway, you know. And then – while I continue my solo tangent for just a little longer, we had the Peacemaker trailer, which is that the Suicide Squad spin-off show 
written and directed by James Gunn on HBO Max. And uh, this is a three-minute trailer. It's a long trailer. Plenty of John Cena uh, to Fitzy's delight, I'm sure. You get John Cena in his underwear, you know, so that's sick. And uh, this trailer to me was like, it's very The Suicide Squad, you know, it's very James Gunn. So if you're into that, you're probably going to enjoy this show, I would think. But for me, the trailer was, and it might just be one of those trailer things where, you know, they try and include the humor. There's a lot of humor in the trailer and they try and include the humor that's they think is going to be the most broad reaching. But to me, the humor in the trailer was like, oh, this is the humor that I didn't like from the Suicide Squad. And there's, that's all, it's a lot of that to me, you know, because there was plenty of humor I liked in that movie. Didn't see a lot of it in this trailer, but I assume it's there in the actual show, but. That has to, uh, we have to, that remains to be seen, you know. But that's coming in January, so very soon. All right, the Batman trailer. Jaden, tell me about your thoughts on this one. It's, it's, it's honestly mostly out of my mind already. Like, the only part that's still, like, vivid is, like, the first five seconds because I keep on getting it as an ad on, like, YouTube before I see oh, yeah. it. Um, yeah. But how good are those first five seconds? They, they, they are very quality. Um I think they use they use a Nirvana track again, don't they? Don't they use um? Yeah, it's the same yeah. one. Oh, the same one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's always nice to hear them. Um, from what I recall, it's pretty much similar to the first trailer, just different kind of things, you know, in, in terms of vibe, in terms of what we understand. You know, I don't yeah. think we really can, we can't really piece too much of the story together. We see Zoe Kravitz for the first time, right? She was in the other trailer briefly, oh, but was we she? see her face oh, properly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was a. Um, we see a bit more of a. Of a penguin, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, we yeah. do. Uh huh. Um, no, nah, I'm still down for it. I'm, I still love Matt Reeves. You love Matt Reeves now that we've done the Planet of the Apes films. That's right. That's um, right. yeah. I'm ready. My body is ready. That's a great point, though. This trailer didn't, in terms of what we understand the movie to be and the characters in play and what's going on. This trailer like showed us more visually without telling us any more of that. You know, we're still very much, I feel like, in the same spot we were. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. What about you, Fitzy? Yeah, it's great. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like a DC like it looks a lot better than these other DC EU films. Like it's very like I can't think of it in those terms, so that's a compliment, oh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Am I nuts or is the, the cinematographer the same as the one for seven? Cause if it if it is, I'm pretty sure like you you can really feel oh. the similarities between like the way like they that. shoot the city in seven and the way they shoot the city in this. Mm. I'm not sure, but yeah. The... It is not. Okay. I was wrong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it feels like it. <laughs> yeah. The film mm. is, the film looks stunning and it's going to be a treat. It's going to be a visual treat. It just, I just love the way they're shooting Gotham, dude. I love the way they're, the, the stark, I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing oranges everywhere oranges like the, yeah. the the fire the 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 tint of all the lights everywhere the the, the shots we get the more expansive shots of the city and the buildings do just orange and black and red and it's just it's holy like, shit. like gothic which is great because like like i think batman begins as the best gotham because in the other ones it's just like like dark knight feels like new york or whatever it's just kind of generic but um like this kind of has that style as well where it's very yeah it feels like a very unique like city that could be in a comic book you know absolutely Um, so yeah and like the there was like a show like the watchtower that was just like epic you know that's great 
Yeah, man, absolutely. I still can't get over that Colin Farrell as the Penguin. And it's oh, totally, yeah, I know. It's like, look totally, at his face, it's like. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd. But um, oh, just, I love the opening scene of the trailer, you know, mm. that, that freaking, I don't know what they're doing with like, the cafe and the, oh, the SWAT team coming in and Paul Dano sitting there and you just know, I want to see his goddamn face, you know? Oh, yeah. And there was like, the, there was like a, like a second they showed like a TV and said like live stream. Yeah, it's kind of more real life, you know, because that stuff does happen like live stream killings or whatever. So it's like, it's like a weird element that's like, you know, that's kind of closer to her. Yeah, reality. I guess not that the like the film looks very out there. Like it doesn't look like it's based in you know reality. But it was weird seeing that that they're including that. So like Paul Denner is like it's going to be interesting. It's like this edgy, you know, Riddler guy. It's going to be it's going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to be grand. It's going to be really cool and grand. And I'm really glad, as someone you know who's only ever seen the Riddler in the form of Jim Carrey, like it's going to be really cool to see. Oh yeah, it's it's it, it feels very real to what you're saying. It's a it's a serial killer slash terrorist who just it, it happens to be named the Riddler, which I feel like is not implausible. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a it's like a personality. You know. Yeah. And it could be like a, like a cult of personality. In the film, yeah, or something like that. Absolutely. Like, what are those? Are those the penguins, goons? There's like those dudes with the face paint. Yeah. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. They don't scream to be related to the Riddler to me, nor the Penguin. But I don't know. It feels like the Riddler is going to be the main villain, though. Like the plot's going to revolve around him, and then the Penguin's yeah. going to be this like cool side character that we get to see a bit of. Um, because it looks like, like the Riddler's going to like set up, you know, things around the city or whatever, or some shit that, uh, Batman's going to deal with. And I love the voice of Batman in the trailer. The, um, I didn't know what he said when I, when I first. When he bangs on the window. Yeah, can you I tell me what he said? Cause I still don't know. I had to look at the captions like the, well, I didn't even realize it was on. Like I just watched it again and I yeah. found, he said like. He said, like, what have you done? But I didn't know what it said. He said it first because his voice was so, like, gruff and, yeah. I watched the trailer three times and no idea what he said. So, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. I think that's all spot on. I think uh, I see see Penguin playing a similar role in the film, Not, not literally, but in terms of, like, screen time to maybe someone like Falcone in Begins, you know? Oh, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. Where, where I see Riddler playing the 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 Raz Al Ghul position, you know, um, mm. being the main antagonist. I agree with that totally. But yeah, man, oh my god, yeah, Zoe Kravitz is great, and but just huge. I can't, I can't move on without giving the biggest shout out to the closing shot of the trailer being the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, dude. That friggin' upside down walking towards the car, the fire in the background, and the logo comes in. Are you shitting me with that, dude? Come on. As it starts like forming around it. Oh, that's the sickest thing. Holy shit. Let's get to another trailer. Let's get to Uncharted. Oh. Fitzy, yeah. Uncharted fan number one over here. I want you to tell me what you thought. I liked everything in it that didn't have the characters, you know, like the um <laughs> like the ship when I showed like the ship 
yeah. and like different sets and stuff. I thought that was cool and it could be a bit of fun, but it I think Tom, it's obvious in the trailer that Tom Holland is trying, but uh, he feels too Peter Parker-y still. He just feels too awkward teenager. He doesn't feel enough like Nathan, I think, but oh, and like Mark is just not anywhere close to feeling like Sully at all. But, um, I mean, it could be, like, fun just in, like, an adventure, high-budget adventure sense. But, like, the characters are just they're – not, they're not Uncharted. You know, it's not Uncharted. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't as terrible as I, like, thought it would be. So but that's, that's good. That's really good. The, the whole Tom Holland being Drake is still – it's going to take getting used to for me. And, and it's going to take – for me to enjoy it, it's going to take separation, you know, because I think you're totally right. Like, it's so bizarre. I know Nathan Drake quite well, I think, you know, like a lot of people do. And uh, nah, you have a Drake... parasocial relationship with him. <laughs> and Nathan Drake does not look like a 17-year-old, you know what I mean? And I'm seeing Tom Holland look 17 doing all this crazy shit that Nathan Drake, the 35-year-old man, does, and it's very well, weird. Well, there's... In Uncharted Three, you get you get young Nathan, and yeah, yeah, you know I think you can have. But this a isn't young Nate. This isn't you know that's the thing. Yeah, but that doesn't. I mean, that doesn't. I mean, they're obviously not aiming for thirty-five-year-old Nathan because Tom Holland's only like what? I know, but that's what's throwing me off. That's the for me. That's the that's the thing that's throwing me off. You know, but I think as a young Nathan, he doesn't really fit either. Like. Like definitely as a you know as a grown like you know adult adult like a thirty year old or whatever like he doesn't feel like that but so know. it goes it goes beyond that for you it's sort of just also the what his performance and like is it his like because I think the easiest thing to analyze in this area is his line delivery which is we all know yeah. Nolan North so well so it's like is that that's not hitting well actually like I thought like he was trying as it said like he. Because he, he was trying to emulate it a bit, but yeah, yeah, like in Devil All the Time, he definitely plays someone that is not. He doesn't feel like you know an awkward like a Peter Parker kind of thing. Like he he's like his own person. He's like um, he's different in that. So he should like he can have range, I guess, from what I've seen from like just that, but. Mm. Because, I mean, in what, Chaos Walking is kind of the same thing as he usually does. But, like... Yeah, I see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he has the extra range. You know when, like, in Blanchetail Defense, when you're, like... <laughs> you got to upgrade it two times, you know? <laughs> he doesn't have the second option. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Jane, as a... I don't believe a big Uncharted fan. How do you feel about this? I feel like this is an important perspective. Yeah, I've got limited... You know, like, I've watched, like, half of Uncharted 4 and, like, I've played through most of the PSP game, whichever one that was. Or Golden Abyss, is that right? Is that a thing? That's a Vita game. Did you have a Vita? Vita? I didn't have it. I played it with a friend, yeah. But, yeah, that, oh, that okay. one. Yeah, cool. that yeah, one yeah. I played. For sure. Um, To me, there's no problem. Like, like I... Uh, like you, you guys know the characters differently. Mark Wahlberg, he looks like Mark Wahlberg. I like Mark Wahlberg, so I'm here for him. You know, look... um. Tom Holland as as Nathan, he, he he looks the part at least when they chuck on the the, the, the shitty little you know threaded shirt and the little oh, yeah. gun holster oh, yeah. or whatever I'm like that looks like Nathan enough 
Yeah, I don't know. This is like, but as an outsider, I guess like it just looks like another fun game movie. It, it similar to what the Tomb Raider with Alicia Vikander was, you know. I think this is going to be pretty on par with that in terms of quality as well. I'd expect, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for this movie, but. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it for sure, but this trailer didn't really assure me of its quality. You know, like I don't. Nothing I saw was like, "Oh, dude, this looks amazing," or not. But but nothing was, nothing was bad either. So I'm just sort of like, okay, like I'm very much still open minded. Um, the the main takeaway for me from the trailer was what they're doing to the story, which is bewildering. They are they are taking everything we understand from the games and their history yeah. and just throwing it into a pot where yeah, we have we weird. have the cargo plane scene from ending the trailer of course from uncharted 3 we have chloe in the trailer of course introducing uncharted 2 we have them talking about sam yeah the brother yeah, yeah. introduced in uncharted 4 this, like this is makes no sense timeline wise and this is clearly not in any game plus he's, plus he's younger right that doesn't make sense as well. You'd think so, right? Yeah. So yeah. this is clearly not in any game canon. Like when we were talking about this earlier being like, oh, it's a prequel movie with a young Nathan Drake. This isn't that. This is this is not. This is an adaptation, absolutely, of all these different elements. Um, we have the cargo plane scene. We have the pirate ship you already mentioned from 4. Oh, like these yeah. are all these different elements from across the board being thrown in here. What does that mean if they want to do... Sequels then? Do they do they just like throw in the elements they haven't already thrown in? And like, <laughs> oh, I think we skipped the train scene from two. This one can it can go in that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's no, a good point. Yeah. Um, this isn't going to get a sequel. Let's be honest. I don't, I don't think it will either. I think that's the thing. Um, I think mm, I think they'd like it too. Maybe. I think they'd like it too. But I think they're sort of remember this is the film that we kept talking about how it keeps changing directors. Um. I think oh, okay. that's always I, a bad sign. Okay, I, I think Chaos yeah. Walker was originally Charlie Kaufman, oh. and then I went to Doug Lyman. Well, I saw a thing. I think I think Brian, Brian Altano from from IGN he tweeted this week about like this Uncharted movie's been in production hell since before the release of Uncharted Two. That's true. So like I mean oh, like what? Oh, before that, like, was, like 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 what does that tell you about <laughs> how this is well, like I, I mean obviously yeah. like that's a very long time so they have very you know I mean like but in terms of how many times it's changed hands actors writers directors whatever it's yeah uh, this is like God this is crazy it, it is crazy and if you remember Mark Wahlberg was Drake originally and that's why he's in the movie. But he's obviously they, they felt he was too old to be Drake anymore, you know. Um, <laughs> so, which maybe I'd, I don't know if I'd prefer that or not. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, that's a weird thought. But this is, I, I think they're just in the position in terms of throwing everything at it in, in this movie. I think I like that direction. You know, it's been in the making for so long. Like we like we say that. I don't know if I'd want at this point to get a Uncharted 1 adaptation or a prequel movie that's a simple story and then let's build a franchise from this. We're probably not going to get a sequel. Or we might, but I'm not expecting it personally. And if we're getting one Uncharted movie, why not? Just friggin' do everything, okay? So that's where I'm at with it. Like I'm fine with them just 
completely throwing out any sense of um, history we have with the, the story we know. But do you want to say something? I know it. I know it. Uh, well, I was saying, uh, well, you're memeing on like them not putting the train thing in, but I kind of would have liked if they did more Uncharted 2 stuff, I guess, or like the villain. I don't really... Is, oh, is yeah. that villain in one of the Uncharted's or... I, I don't believe so, unless it's like, unless they're going to name Antonio Banderas like one of the villains, but he looks nothing like any of the villains. Yeah, the villains from the second and fourth one are like the best, like um, like that military guy, or like um, you know the the partner guy, um, in the fourth one. Oh, Rafe. Yeah, he's terrific. Yeah, yeah, Rafe. Yeah. Yeah. So like they weren't they weren't featured, right? Wait, what'd you say? Voldemort, Rafe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not that Rafe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like Antonio Banderas, so, like, I'm sure he'll be good. He, he, he feels like he would fit. He fits in this world to me. So, we'll see. All right, now it's time for our highlights of the week. Fitzy, what have you been watching? Mm, nothing. I haven't got anything. Jaden, what about you? Uh, uh, which Marty Scorsese's um, Silence. Um, Wait, was that yawn <laughs> symbolic? No, no. Um, I love it. It's my favourite <laughs> Scorsese film. Um, I think it's truly phenomenal. I think it's um, it's something I've put off for quite a while just because, I don't know, I just thought it'd bore me. And like I guess some parts did, but that's just because the subject matter. But like, it is truly unbelievable. I don't know. I think like, because it, it, it's so different to what I've seen in the past, you know. There's no gangsters. There's no. It, it's just. And I, I also thought it was going to be a bit of religious propaganda because you know it's Scorsese. I thought this would just be you know, Catholicism, just you know, like, kind of shoved up to the nth degree. But like, the movie's so unbelievably objective in for like a film, like you know, that it, it just feels like it takes, it takes such a balanced point of between like this kind of buddhist religion and like the way like the the you know it, it, it it's it's i do I, I don't know it, like it just made me sit there in silence for quite a while afterwards just contemplating like oh, that's, that's quite an interesting thing and i sort of think saying like you know your your relationship with religion is going to impact the way you view this film and i think i think that certainly does take hold you know i, I i'm not a religious person but i do find religion really fascinating i really enjoy it i really like the characters and the things and the stories. Um, so as someone that just kind of likes looking at religion, I thought this was really great. Um, in terms of the actual film, I think Andrew Garfield is phenomenal. Um, like truly unbelievably, like just, just blows everyone else away. Um, it's really fantastic. Um, Liam Neeson and Adam Driver, they're, they're, they're also great. The Japanese cast is fantastic. Um, the choice to not translate the Japanese dialogue is an important one, sometimes a bit frustrating because sometimes you do want that little bit more information, but, like, you know, it's either all or nothing and it's definitely better with nothing. Um, it's so gorgeous. It's just really brilliant to look at. Like, it's – this is – Scorsese is best, in, in, in my opinion, just, just yeah – I, th- I think when you said, oh, Scorsese, I've never seen him like this because there's no gangsters. I feel like that just sums it up. Yeah. But no, I, I totally agree. I think it's, I mean, 
yeah, I've never seen a Scorsese movie like it at all. It feels like a strong departure for him. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to say this. It's, we're talking about Martin Scorsese here, you know what I mean? Like arguably the greatest filmmaker to ever live. But like, uh, but I feel like the film is, at least from my experience of viewing his films, is him spreading his wings, you know. That's what mm. it felt like to me. And if I'm not, I think, uh, did, he, did he have a writing credit? Did I see that? I think. Oh, I don't know. That's good. Uh, let me quickly check because, like, because like that kind of surprised me because he doesn't typically have a writing credit on his films, right? No. Yeah. No. Um, let me I know it's based on a book. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, Scorsese's got a writing credit on this, which kind of surprised me. So, like, I can, I, 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 can't, I, I kind of can't imagine what his influence would be, but um, whatever it was, it must have worked because like everything in this film is brilliant, you know. And we talk yeah. about his final shots and what a final shot this one has. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's that should be thrown in that pile too. <laughs> yeah, um, I forgot about that one. God, yeah, I, I just don't know what else to say other than like it's a. I think it's like a seminal film experience from him. I think we've talked about it a few times before on the show, but like a uh, topography, like 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 the font they use, like even like the, the title is so subtle and it's just presentation of just like the the white sensor font and on the black background it just perfectly encapsulates what you're about to experience and you think it's I think it really is just a wholly complete film Jaden you took away the option and <laughs> you, you sacrificed this for Congo how dare you <laughs> oh did I? The yeah, you you, no it's fine but... Wait, is, did, did you nominate this for, for a poll? yeah silence versus... oh lol Cargo, remember? Oh. Well, I'm glad. Honestly, I'm glad it wasn't for the show because it had it been for the show, I would have viewed it differently. Um, oh, okay. That's good. This is, I think this is a movie best left just to watch. That makes a lot of sense. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, I finished Chernobyl this week. Chernobyl? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. This is one of those, you know, HBO shows that has got this, a stupid high. Isn't it the highest rated show of all time? Or, or it's, it's, um, it's close anyway. Anyway, I watched it. It's been on my watch list forever, but shout out to Aiden in the Discord for nudging me to watch it. And uh, it's great. It's terrific. It's uh, it, it, it's it's like objectively a 10, you know. It's like technically a 10, you know. There's nothing wrong with the show in any way. It's like, it's like everything. It's like, yeah, you guys know cinema, you know. You, you, you heard of this thing called cinema that we like? Yeah, it's just that, but it's just like perfect, you know. So... <laughs> It's like so well acted and and it's beautiful and haunting and all the rest. And I think it conveys its emotions so well. You know, it's really it's really just an, a, a somewhat you know, I guess I guess objective. Yeah, I think it's a. I'm not familiar with the event historically, but it's it feels to me like a somewhat objective look at that event and how catastrophic it was for different reasons and for different people, and really tries to cover a lot of ground in the way it conveys that. You know. Which I really like. It focuses on different characters to different degrees. You know, we sort of have our core crew, but then we sort of go off and look at how it's affecting this random team doing this thing that, or this team that has to deal with this as a result, and you, all these different little things that you don't even think about would have to happen as a result of a nuclear catastrophe like this. And you think, oh shit, I guess someone does have to do that, and you sort of spend some time with them, and it's like, holy shit. But yeah, it's a great show. I'd highly recommend it. It's not for me, you know, like I watch TV shows personally for for characters and high drama and like seasonal, you know, I don't know, character progression and development and arcs. Like that's what that's what I love out of TV. 
So it doesn't really deliver that. In, in that sense, it's more like it's more like a five-hour film in that way. You know, I, viewing it as that, um, it's a terrific film. You know, sort of feels just like that. So couldn't recommend it enough, I suppose. Uh, as always, now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, what is your favourite Adam Sandler movie? Luke says, Bedtime Stories is a good solid call. I forgot about that. Bugsy Gang. I guys, Bedtime Stories is one of the worst ones. I wrote it as a joke, you know, and then I didn't expect this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it happened. What is Bugsy Gang? What is that? Is that a reference from the movie Bugsy? I don't remember anything about bedtime bedtime stories. I don't know. Neither do I. I remember this. I've seen it, but there's that. I, I remember there's that one scene where like play balls start falling from the sky, and that's it. I don't know anything else about it. Oh yeah, remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, cool. Oh, well, I don't remember it happening, but vaguely. It's an image in your mind somewhere. Yeah, but the fact that Luke can actually remember, presumably, that's a reference to the movie. So. God bless Luke for being able to remember it. Um, Aiden said it's got to be the Grown Up series. And uh, do, do people like people? Is that genuine? Is a genuine question? Is that real? Or do people like these movies? I quite like the first one, but the second one, uh, no, I quite like both of them. I, I think, but like, I think it, okay. it definitely surprised me as an answer. Okay, okay. I like Adam Sandler in those movies, but not like Kevin or. Like other people. Will said, bedtime stories is the shit. <sighs> all right, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, Andy said, Uncut Gems is not my favourite Adam Sandler movie. However, my favourite is definitely the worst one. But Jack and Jill happens to be my favourite film of his. I haven't rewatched it since I was 12. And yes, on paper, it's trash. Um, I never knew who Al Pacino was when I saw this movie because I thought that was a character in the film, but now I know that Al Pacino was playing Al Pacino. Because of that realisation, Jack and Jill has to be my favourite Adam Sandler movie. Um, and then Andy proceeded to write lyrics to a song that it, I won't read. The and then he says... The Al Pacino one? Yeah, I don't know what that is. is that- yeah, it, it's, it's, from, it's from the movie. Where, like, he, oh, like, they, have a- an Adam, they have an Al Pacino song in the movie. Yeah, yeah he's like doing an ad. Yeah. Don Cacino, yeah. Yeah, that one, yeah. Oh, I didn't realise you'd both seen this movie. <laughs> I've seen one of my lowest rated end. movies. Oh, no. I think it's one of the three movies I've given a one to. Uh, God I've seen it, I think, but the only thing I remember is the Don Cacino thing. I don't I don't remember anything else about it, really. Jack and Jill, he's like both of them, right? Mm. I guess. I'm not going to lie, that Al Pacino song sort of sounds objectively good. It, it it is definitely like one that gets stuck in your head because like there have oh, been okay. times in my life Good. when I've just thought about Al Pacino and like Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, Andy says if Zach read the entire song from start to finish, which I definitely didn't, you all deserve a fifty dollar donation to the channel from me. Oh, dude, read it. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I have to place morals exist. Okay, you know. Um. Love Andrew. That's so good. Thank you, Andy. I'm gonna. Can I call Andy Andrew from now on? He called himself Andrew. Oh, did he? He said, "Love Andrew." You got to ask him first. You got to get the pass. I feel like if you refer to yourself as it, that's an invitation, you know. But who knows? Who knows? 
Um, all right, Jana, what's your favourite Adam Sandler movie? Um, it's got to be Happy Gilmore. Um, it's the only real option, you know, just absolute classic. Yeah, I think it's uh, culturally significant, probably the most culturally impactful film he's made. Um, yeah. There's so many good ones, especially like the late ninety ones, early two thousands. But like, you know, that's 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 the banger that gets it. Now, Jane, I don't want to trigger you. Happy Gilmore is on my Netflix list. I've never seen it, but um, I was considering watching it the other night, and this was my thought. My thought was, oh, this is just going to be Adam Sandler, like doing dumb shit with a golf ball and like like accidentally hitting people in the face with a golf club and winning a golf tournament. Like, is that? How wrong am I? Because I need to. I need to be convinced. I mean, not entirely. Like he, I don't, I don't, like he, he, he definitely does dumb shit. But like he, he actually like is good at the game. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. There's like a heartfelt story there somewhere. There is, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite a good story in terms of Adam Sandler. Yeah. Oh, okay, I mean, actually, all right. that's a lie. It's, it's average uh, like story wise, but like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's it's certainly heartfelt. You know, it's, yeah. Okay, okay. You'll do anything to uh, get me to watch it. I guess you'll lie. Uh, Fitzy, what about you? Well, I don't know if I've actually seen Happy Gilmore. Um, just to not answer the question, but um, <laughs> um, I'd say I have more of like a connection to Punch Drunk Love from like you know an emotional level, I guess. Like that film is more, uh, like more like traditional drama i guess just in terms of like you know it's more like vulnerable i guess um and it's more like about something uh that's like you know um that has emotional stakes i guess but like uh i'd say i'd say this and punch and love are probably even then but like this is obviously more like it's more of a thrill ride i guess um but i'd still this you mean uncut gems Yes, it's more of a thrill ride than just clarify. Although Punch Drunk Love is, you know, has thrills, I guess. But I'd say I could still watch Punch Drunk Love and really enjoy it. So they're like fifty-fifty. Yeah, I mean, my favorite's Uncut Gems, but in the spirit of the question, I guess my answer is Punch Drunk Love also. But I also didn't love that movie, you know. So it's like I liked it, but I feel like. I feel like Uncut Gems is the only Adam Sandler movie I really like. Holy shit! Like I think this is great. You know, so I don't know. I feel like I need to expand my Adam Sandler horizons beyond Click, which I did recently. Maybe that wasn't. Maybe I should have chosen another one. That movie's not bad. That movie's not bad either, no, you know, in my opinion. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting it to go all like super futuristic, dark sci-fi on me. You know. All right. Thank you, everyone, for writing in. As always, we'd love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comment section. Send us a DM on Instagram or join the lovely Discord community. This week, we'll be asking you, who is the best Spider-Man villain? Are we talking about like just like in general, like movies? I'll just, I'll just, I'll just throw it out there. Let the people figure it out. You know how they want to answer it. I don't know. Do what? Would that change your answer? No, but I was just thinking, like, if someone <laughs> did just like write and like. You know, I don't know the Electro, but like the comics version of Electro. Yeah, know. yeah, Electro as he appears in the Spectacular Spider-Man issue sixty-seven. Yeah, it's like yeah, one, exactly. Real nuance <laughs> in that one. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, all right, well, that's it for this week's episode. But 
Fitzy, what are we doing next week? Surprise, surprise. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. We'll have another controversial discussion. Well, last time we, it actually ended up being pretty level and like kind of unanimous in our kind of opinion. So, I mean... Yeah. It's going but to be I controversial, like... but for the audience, not for us. Yeah, exactly. That's, was, That's exactly yeah, what I was yeah. going to say. Well, yeah. it'll be... Contra- or we might have disagreements. Yeah, well, maybe this time we'll think differently. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be controversial guaranteed in some way. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared, to be honest. I hope I like this movie, but I don't know. All right, guys, thank you for joining me as always. Thank you to everyone else for watching, listening. You, you can't. I mean, maybe you watch, but that'd be weird. And uh, have a great rest of your week and goodbye.